story of Upbuild began in a monastery. On our quest to understand ourselves more deeply, we recognize that it is our attachment to our egos, our identities, that gets in the way of being our true selves. This podcast will help you understand your ego. It will help you better understand your inner world, the motivations, insecurities, and emotions that affect your every action and relationship. Welcome to Upbuilding the Self. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Upbuilding the Self. I am Michael Sloyer, and I am here with two of my partners and dear friends, Hari Prasad and Raznath. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. It's great to be here with you for this conversation today. Over the years, the two of you have offered me many tips, tricks, tools that have helped me on becoming my best self, on becoming truly who I am. And I don't take that lightly at all. And our topic for our discussion today is a tool that you have offered me that I can say is one of the most profoundly impactful tools that you have offered me over the years. And that tool is actually a phrase. It's a very simple phrase. It's four words. And those four words are, there I go again. There I go again. It's a tool that I use to work on myself, a tool that I often use with clients, one that we often offer to our clients during workshops. And so I'm really excited to share it with our broader community here today. Razanath, I would be greatly appreciative if you could get us started by sharing where did we get this phrase from and why is it so profoundly impactful in our work? Thank you, Michael. So much of our work is around building self-awareness, which, as we share, is a very freeing journey, but it's a very uncomfortable journey at the same time. We first heard this phrase when I was going through my Enneagram training back in 2010 with our Enneagram teachers, Don Riso and Russ Hudson, who we had the honor and privilege to learn from. And for our listeners who are not necessarily familiar with the framework. The Enneagram is a tool or a framework that helps us understand our egos more intimately, more deeply. I first heard this phrase coming from Don Riso, who, while he was teaching us the types and took us down from the creative, healthy levels of consciousness of the ego to the more controlling levels of consciousness, and then coming down to the destructive, when we have fallen prey to our lower patterns, when we have acted out our lower selves, how do we learn to take responsibility for that? And the phrase that he used to say, okay, there I go again. <laughs> you know, I did it. And that phrase uh, became a phrase where you can look at yourself with enough sense of responsibility, but at the same time, sparing yourself from any sort of punitive <laughs> effects. <laughs> Right. So walking the right balance between uh, learning how to take responsibility and at the same time uh, not guilt instilling myself so bad that it starts to work against a very sense of responsibility. Beautiful. Thank you, Rasana. And Hari, I know you were there with Rasana during that experience at the Enneagram Institute. And so if you would share your perspective, please. Yeah, absolutely. 
just a piece of context, the levels of consciousness are this framework that is part of the Enneagram system, but which shows you how we rise and fall in health or in consciousness. You can also call it presence. How aware am I of reality inside and outside? What's going on in me and what's going on around me accurately and responding in a constructive way. So the levels of consciousness really help us to become grounded and aware of where we're at. And the phrase, there I go again, is to show that when I'm not so present, I can become present. I can actually catch myself and I can see, aha, I've slipped. I've fallen in awareness or consciousness. And that's human. That will happen to me. But instead of, as Rasanath was saying, instead of beating myself up about it or ignoring, suppressing, justifying, rationalizing, it's a very gentle but very powerful approach to relationship with myself. So there I go again. I heard from both Don and Russ, our dear teachers, right? And they would use that phrase repeatedly to bring us back to that awareness of ourselves so that we could create enough of an impetus to grow, to go beyond that sort of falling and slipping in consciousness, but also, and this is to me the most valuable piece of the whole thing, it's to show that we are not the same as our egoic thoughts and behaviors. So there I go again, is to say, yes, there my ego goes again, but not really me. Okay, so what I'm receiving from both of you is that this phrase is a way for us to catch ourselves in the act of acting from a lower consciousness, from a place of less presence. But we do that in a way that's compassionate towards ourselves. And then also, it's a way for us to really take responsibility for it. It's not a way to shirk responsibility. Yeah, exactly. And two things I would say here. One is that the beauty of this is that it's an immediate effect. As soon as you enter into that space of there I go again, you're catching yourself and pulling yourself up. Just by dint of that expression, if you mean it, of course, it's not like, you know, you can do it by rote, but if you really mean it, if you're trying to catch yourself and you use that as your method, you've already brought awareness, which means you've raised your consciousness. So that is quite profound. Also for me in that phrase, there is definitely so much talk around self-awareness these days. And I think even within the gamut of self-awareness, there are three possible ways in which we can approach it. One way is where we, <laughs> where we just like, we become so impatient with ourselves. We want to get to the goal of being free from these, I would say, unwanted things, right? The low, our lowest self, the unwanted lower egoic patterns. And in the process of being so impatient, we are hard on ourselves. So that's one way. The other way <laughs> is to go the other direction where we say, well, I know, <laughs> I know I do this. 
but I'm not really doing anything to work on myself, right? Like there are ways in which I can justify or I just become complacent. Now, what is really necessary for working on ourselves is this very delicate balance of feeling remorseful and at the same time being patient. And the phrase, there I go again, is the exemplification of that balance. Yeah, Rasanat, you had said something about the need to be easy on ourselves right at the start. And what I gained from Don and Russ from this is it's a way of actually laughing at yourself, not taking yourself quite so seriously, at least not taking your ego. We need to take the real self very seriously. We need to take our lives seriously. But our egos, they're kind of ridiculous because they're just like incorrigible children, you know? And to be able to add some levity and poke fun and then, you know, a little bit more on the um, side of gravity to become a witness it's so important so that we can move through life more gracefully, centering closer and closer to the real self. What's interesting is that when we are hard on ourselves, <laughs> that is also the voice of the ego. It's not necessarily the voice of the true self, right? And the other way around where I become complacent and not do anything about what I'm seeing or justify it, that is also the voice of the ego. The only way in which we can truly wean ourselves from the voice of the ego as we are working on the ego itself is, as you said, become a witness. And when we become a witness, we see that what is observing is not the ego anymore. We start moving closer to the real self. So let's get into some examples. How have either of you used this phrase in your own life? It's very present for me in the sense that I was just giving this example with a coaching client yesterday, actually, a founder. I was thinking about all the times that I'm like, oh, this person didn't call me back or this person didn't respond to me. And that's a regular feature of life, especially with how crazy busy the world has become. And there's a sense of lacking reciprocity. And so my immediate response is to blame and to be like, hey, you know, what's that about? And I'm feeling actually foolish. I'm feeling humiliated that I am putting myself out there and the other person is not receiving me. So I then put the responsibility on the other person and say, hey, why are you leaving me in that position? Now, that's not to say that there's no scope for having, you know, working through these things. Of course, we need to work through them and we want reciprocity. That's a genuine need. And when that need is not met, it will be triggering. But what we do with the trigger is so important, right? So here for me, this is one example where I have the, there I go again, okay, I'm like looking for something, I'm not getting it, and I'm blaming. As soon as I say, there I go again, it's clear that it's not matching. And then I pull back and I feel so much better. It doesn't take away the thing. And it doesn't mean that I don't necessarily have to have a conversation from time to time. But I think it spared me a lot of unnecessary conversations and a lot of unnecessary difficulty. And then harshness on myself. Oh, my God, now I'm blaming. The, but no, I'm justified. I should blame. And all of these loops and you know thought loops, it creates craziness. And that's just one example. I mean, but this is happening all the time. I mean, I'm triggered 
regularly? For me, it happens from the most silly things to very serious things. So like, for example, I can find myself in my mind <laughs> competing with someone that I've always had a sense of like competition with. And in my mind, I imagine a scenario where I, de- I defeated or beat the other person. And <laughs> it's so silly. And I, I found myself saying, well, okay, there I go again. And I can laugh about that particular thing. I mean, it's very silly, but it's still an egoic pattern. And when I engage with it, calling myself out and being able to say that I go again is very helpful because I can laugh at it. I can really relate to both of these examples that you both have shared of a feeling, Hari, the one that you shared, disrespected when somebody doesn't reciprocate or doesn't follow through. And Razanath with being competitive, even when people don't even know that we're competing with them. And what's striking and then also I think important about both of your examples is that you didn't just use the phrase, there I go again and stop. There was also a curiosity and a recognition around what's underneath the egoic behavior. What is that source of discomfort and why am I being triggered? And it's both with the naming there I go again and the recognition of why it might be happening that I can strike this balance between taking responsibility but also seeing it with a little bit of detachment and humor and not feeling so bad or guilty about the behavior. Fantastic. Actually, I was exactly going to say before you said that, that there's more that follows there I go again. That's the starting point. And I I think you just articulated some of the most crucial pieces of that to me. and, And we've already addressed this but I just want to highlight it because it cannot be emphasized enough. The other phrase or framing that comes with there I go again for me every time is, and that's not actually me. There I go again, and that's not actually me. And that provides so much ease and so much motivation to get to the real me. And to separate myself because it's so high stakes when you think that that's me. The ego is an identity we've pinned our lives on. When we stop pinning or remove some of that pinning of our lives on it, it creates a lot more freedom. And we can raise our consciousness much more naturally. So that's what I do every time is... You know, I'm looking for validation. I'm looking for people to, I'm looking for the world to revolve around me. That's the whole ego thing. That's what it's all about. May everything revolve around me. Let me be in control and let me be happy and enjoy. And everything should fall into place and fall into line with my desires. And then I'm, I say to myself, but that's not me. And that doesn't fulfill me, actually. It never does. So there's something else to live for. So I want to zoom in on this point a little bit here. So let's say we're talking about competitiveness and I've been competitive my whole life. Every piece of evidence that, or I shouldn't say every, but a lot of, there's a lot of evidence to point to the contrary, that 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 is really me. (laughs) So how would you respond to that? The thing is, if that's really you, then 
why are you not satisfied, right? If you're in line with your nature and everything is coming together, why does it not satisfy? Why does it leave an emptiness and the desire for more and the desperation around it? Beautiful. And when I asked the question, I had corrected myself from, I have nothing but evidence to point to competitive to it's a lot of the time, but it's actually not all the time. And so if I'm really being thoughtful and honest, I experience being competitive a lot of the time, but I've also had my moments and I would consider these my best moments when I feel much more worthy. I feel much more in my own skin. And then I look at my behavior or how I show up in those moments. And there's not a lot of competitiveness in those moments. And if there is, the competitiveness is in service of something that's not just me or not just my own ego. It's in service of a mission that we're working towards together or in service of the team. And so I think your articulation of that was really helpful. And it helped me to look back and say, actually, that's not... (laughs) That's not how I've always been 100% of the time. And if I look at where I've been my best, that behavior is much less likely to show up. Beautiful. That matches exactly my own experience. And that's what encourages me on this path and gives me such deep conviction because I know that when I'm not giving in to the demands of the ego, I actually feel more like myself. And it's undeniable it's so much more natural. I'm not proving or defending or putting something on or trying to make people see me a certain way, trying to project. I'm actually being who I am. So how literal should we take this tool? What happens if we do something that's truly destructive? If we do something like lie, cheat, or steal, is it really okay to look at ourselves with a little humor and detachment and use the phrase, there I go again? That's a great question. I think it all depends on the use of the phrase, all depends on the consciousness behind the phrase itself, right? I think uh, it's so important that even when we do some extreme actions sometimes, and we, us as humans, we've all experienced (laughs) us doing, I mean, I have experienced my own rage. I have said things or done things that has taken me a little time to recover from and the other person to recover from too. I could say it's mild trauma, but it's still trauma and I've created that. There is a way in which you still need compassion to climb back up because without that compassion, it becomes impossible to, I become over-identified with the negative behaviors, right? I think I am the negative behavior, which I'm not. Even when I may have done something extreme, that compassion is absolutely essential because behind every action, even at the destructive levels of consciousness, there is suffering and there is pain. The more destructive an action is, the greater the suffering there is that forces that action. Excellent. So we can see ourselves as someone who did an act of stealing or someone who lied or someone who cheated, but we don't go as far as to identify, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm a somebody who steals because that locks us into that identification. But we still suffer because we did commit that act. Mm-hmm. 
And it's in that suffering that we experience in enough pain to make a decision not to invest in those kind of behaviors in the future. That's great. And those labels are really key that you're bringing up. Now, interestingly, there's some nuance. Out of humility and remorse, I may actually take on a label, but I can't cling to that label. If I cling to it, then it becomes a problem. And I'll give you an example. I often give this example. I'm an alcoholic. Hello, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. That's a label. But that label is serving a purpose of humbling me, making me honest and aware of my dependency on something that is always there. But I'm not saying my real self is an alcoholic. I'm not clinging to it in that way. Very good. Thank you for that nuance. I just wanted to share, there is a way in which you build humility. So sometimes we say, there I go again, and I just want to get away from this. There is a way in which I just want to like, I want to mean all these lower forms so that I can just be free. And, and that desire is very nice. <laughs> and at the same time, as Hari Prasad mentioned, it's so important to recognize that those patterns are so deep that even when I'm not seeing their physical manifestation for a while, I can't necessarily consider myself to be free. <laughs> And Hari Prasad says this very often, the time I become most worried is when I can't see my ego. Also celebrating the small victories because all along the way, you're going to have more glimpses into proximity to the real self. You're going to get closer and closer from the beginning. You should be able to feel like, aha, this feels so much better. I know this is constructive. I know this is serving me and other people. And that has to be exciting. Otherwise, we would give up. What's the point? That's so true. Michael, I've been wanting to ask you this throughout our conversation. If, if uh, before we close, you could share what impacted you so much about this expression and, and how it's been for you. Yeah, we haven't used this phrase yet, but it's the paradox of acceptance. And it had been, I think before I came to Upbuild, as I was doing self-development work here and there, I always felt this discomfort of like, how do I accept myself and not accept myself at the same time so that I can make progress and become a better version of myself? And this phrase for me in four simple words encapsulates all of that. It shows me that I both need to accept myself and that I can also not accept the behaviors that are hurtful to myself and to others. I loved the ringing of the bell at the appropriate <laughs> junctures because it just, it's just like, it was almost like uh, an affirmation <laughs> to, to what you were saying. Thank you. Hari, anything you would want to leave us with in closing? Just that the refrain, there I go again, is something we should keep close to our hearts because it reminds us of our aspiration and it gives us the opportunity to gracefully, gently get closer and closer each day. So anytime we're being triggered, anytime we're experiencing our ego, trying to make the world revolve around us, Anytime we're not acting in line with who 
we know we're meant to be or who we'd like to be, how we'd like to show up as our best self in line with the real self. That expression, there I go again, is the grounding force. Beautiful. And I would encourage all of our listeners to take the next week and every day at the end of the day, make a note of all the times that there I go again and just see what happens. Beautiful guys. Well, thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for your energy, for your company, for your presence. It's such a joy every time we get to have these conversations. Thank you. And as I have said previously, thank you for digging out some of these (laughs) phrases and ideas from our work and converting them into conversations. I think there's just so much richness in this and it requires for someone to be vigilant enough to say, oh, that's a great podcast idea. I think that would be, and building the arc and building a process around all of this. I so deeply appreciate your work and the inspiration that you bring to the, to the podcast. Absolutely. And our gratitude to everyone listening. Thank you for listening to Upbuilding the Self. Upbuild is a leadership development company that offers workshops, coaching, and other services to help you on the path towards being your best self, free from the shackles of the ego. To learn more about our work, visit our website, upbuild.com, and sign up for our newsletter to gain access to podcasts, reflections, and upcoming events. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes to leave us a review so that others can find and benefit from the podcast. We look forward to being with you again next time.